Welcome to That's Happening. I'm your host, Drunk Spencer. And I'm not alone, am I, right? Am I alone? No, I'm not. I'm joined by my buddy, Coked Up Kevin. Hey, man, how's, how's it going tonight? How you, oh. I, I love Drunk Spencer. Oh, yeah, man. I just was thinking... It'd be like a funny way to end the start the show was to like do it like we were on drugs, you know. I thought you meant like you know for our, like we're just gonna like completely kill the show. This is gonna be our final episode, and we're just gonna get really drunk. Well, no, I get the I got drunk, but you were supposed to. I set you coke. Did you did you get it? I did not know. And I told you we were text we texted before the show, and I told you to get coke, right? We texted about I told you to get coke. You did, you did, and I, I've let you down. I wasn't able to get any coke before the show. Okay, well, <laughs> just strap in. You know, it's gonna be good. Um, I don't know. Um, no, obviously, I'm joking. It's a joke. I'm not drunk um i don't know you know that probably went in and out of levels of convincing i'm sure um but i don't know uh i had the like i said i had the idea for us being on drugs is that was the start of the show you know we do the start of the show sometimes sometimes on that happens we like to start the show and so that was one of those times and we just did it so what's up kevin <laughs> how are you doing and i'm fully transitioned out of being drunk and it didn't take me any effort and i wasn't drunk and i'm not drunk i'm, I'm doing good i'm doing good actually i was going to show you something this is weird i'm not plugging them in any way whatsoever um i just find this weird and actually slightly creepy so i hope whoever like did this isn't watching and saying I'm, they're creepy but so mm -hmm. i guess if you're an american express customer that spends a stupid amount of money with your business on them every year they send you a gift every year sure and um this year my company was with them for 20 years so they gave me and this isn't gonna work for people at home but this is like some kind of like dice rolling kit with vegan leather and the idea is supposed to be that you put your dice in the little cup and you roll it into this to catch it. And it's supposed to be this like hand custom made stuff. My name on it. It says American Express on it. Wow. So I, my bank stalked me enough to find this podcast and then custom made me uh, whatever this thing is. Does this have a name yeah. in role playing? Yeah, that one's a bit rounded, but you'd call that a dice tray or like a rolling yeah. tray or well, it's something like, to like fold dice flat box. When you're not, yeah, yeah, know. but I have one that has more solid creases. I think it's probably better to have roundness because it won't get cocked. You know, it'll actually yeah. just kind of slide inwards once it reaches its landing side, um, which makes it probably better than like a, a hinged one. But I've never seen one like that before. It's yeah, it's called uh, what Kevin was describing is like a it's like a black square of vegan leather that has these snaps that kind of pinch it together to form this shallow box kind of that's like vaguely like an ashtray in shape you know but it's kind of like a dice tray that you roll a dice in and then he also had a cup for dice right is that yeah. what that was yeah yeah i just like i'm i'm super appreciative that someone went to this much trouble for me but at the same time i am sort of creeped out that my bank found this podcast meanwhile 
you know, all the different reasons I could be toxic, mad, or jealous are all fighting with each other, so I don't know how to react. So I'm cool with this. You know, I'm fine. Send Kevin what you want. You know, all the business. Kevin does big business with the Amex. You know what Kevin does is he shovels credit card bills. So you know, obviously, uh, it's it's a it's a important job. All of the different people are courting his uh, his labor. Uh, you know, he has good unions. Uh, the Shovelers Union. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That sounds really cool for sure. Um, do you get free stuff very often or ever? Sometimes. I mean, the, the you know, I, I have, I own a few large businesses and the mm -hmm. banks that my businesses are with just assume that personally I'm absolutely loaded and shower me with stuff occasionally. And then when they realize that doesn't make me spend money with them, they all stop. Right. They're sending them shovels. They're being like, this will be great for all those bills or whatever I said earlier. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. I have got a couple. Well, what's the coolest uh, free thing you've got? Is that the coolest free thing you got? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's, I that probably is. Yeah, I, I would say that probably is the, the, the coolest thing they've, they've ever sent me. It's, ne it's never been something personal before like this. Yeah. You know, like occasionally it's like, hey, we'll send you tickets to this concert or you know, do you want two plane tickets to somewhere you've never heard of before and things like that? But this Bora, is a little bit more personalized, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think probably the coolest corporate gift I ever got was we worked with CISO, obviously, to make Harmon Quest. And um, they sent us Xboxes. Uh, like, I think these are Xbox Ones, right? Yeah, I think it's an Xbox One. Um, they're white and they have this CISO sticker on it. And, um, yeah, and it's actually, it's, uh, what do you call it? They're, it's really nice. Like it's the, like I said, it's the nicest gift I've ever got from a company. I don't know why they sent it. They probably maybe even sent it to Dan and Dan didn't need it. So he gave it to me. I don't know exactly how it happened. Like, I don't remember the exact sequence of events. Dan gets stuff all the time for free. It's crazy. Like a lot of my job was just like trying to find storage for the free shit he got that like he couldn't even like look at because it just happened there's so much it's like well you can't even look at this to make a decision so it just has to be stored in ever-growing series of warehouses and locations i'm sure kevin is very you know used to this with all his business dealings and shovelings um but do you think a lot of shoveling cool. goes on in business you in your business yeah you shovel uh, uh Am amex bills credit card bills or something like that i don't remember but i remember it involved shovels that's that's the one that's what i remember but uh but yeah no it's cool i don't know it has the CISO sticker and it's cool it goes with the logo and it's like custom because <laughs> it's custom because like uh if you print if you press the button to turn it on instead of doing like the normal beep or whatever it's jonah ray chuckling I don't why did I like that's so much effort. I don't know why I like went back. Like I tried to go like two or three times to make that joke and I was just like, no, it's not. And then yeah. I did it again and it's like what well, whatever. Uh so you got any life updates, Kevin? Life updates. Life updates. No, it's been a it's been a really quiet week, thankfully. Um mm -hmm. anything going on with you? Uh well, you know, the time changed. I don't know if you guys know this, but the time changed and every time the time changed, people get uh really big opinions and they care a lot about the time change and everybody has opinions and I have opinions and I don't know. And then also after the time change happened or when the time change happened, I don't know, the government said like no more 
daylight savings time or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to process my reactions knowing that I'm a contrarian because, you know, my opinions will sometimes shift upon hearing someone else, you know, because I'm a contrarian. And so hearing that the gov, like I'd say my normal position is mostly negative on daylight savings time and hearing the government say, oh, we're getting rid of this made me go like, eh, well, now I kind of like it. Like now I'm kind of fine with it, um, which to be clear, it's never been a problem for me. Like sometimes it's caused me a couple troubles and stuff, but it's never been a big problem. You know, it's always been tolerable. I never sleep in too hard or lose too much sleep or whatever it's in. But, but I get that it can be annoying for people and it's also just weird. We don't need to do it. It's, it's unnecessary, you know, et cetera. But you know, there is something interesting about the way time works with the shifted time. And, you know, I don't know. I, and, and, and so like, I think there's something kind of neat about it and it's interesting to wonder what it'll be like without daylight savings time if we do in fact get rid of it i don't know do you have any daylight savings opinions um as a nerd it's going to be chaos because every device that thinks it knows when daylight savings time happens is going to need to be updated and half of them are not going to get updated correctly Mm -hmm. so but i think we're much better off not, not having daylight savings time than having it because also as a nerd computers don't like the idea of having like two three a.m's on the same day that confuses a lot of things. Right. Well, that's the thing is that I just think it's like structurally, it's probably better to get rid of it. I think it's like it, it causes more problems than it helps at this point. Um, but, you know, I think the argument in favor of daylight savings time is not a credible argument. But for me, it's like, well, you know, if societally we had a holiday and then the holiday was like, Oh man, here comes Uncle Time come to steal away an hour, you know, for the whole three months or whatever the fuck. And then uh, Uncle Time's back at the end of the period and he's giving us the three months and everyone celebrates. Like that could be a fun tradition. You know, I think it would be fun to just change around the clock. Like that's a fun cultural thing that we have control of you know we are people we could do whatever we want you know time is you know how we keep it what we declare time to be is like it's it's not really arb- it's kind of arbitrary compared to like whatever you know years and 2000 like you know whatever um so it's like i think that's a fun thing to be able to do but that's not what daylight savings time is you, you know? think it just so- needs better branding no, it's saying. just like, I, I think it could be fun to be all like, oh, you know, we got rid of daylight savings time, but now here's daylight savings week where we just, oh, remember we used to do it now as a fun thing. You know, we gradually, I don't know, you know, it's like, I, it's just like as a cultural touchstone instead of like this weird logistical problem, which mm-hmm. is, that's the problem is it's a weird logistical problem, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think back it could up be a fun. second, you were talking about that CISO thing. I want to show you the weirdest thing I received in the mail in like the last, oh, I don't know God. how many years. Okay. So I received in the mail a card. I'm going to hold, I'm holding it up here. It says from the good the place. Good place. And it's it has like neighborhood. Place. It says neighborhood. What? One, two, oh, neighborhood three, one, five, two, eight, three. W. Okay, anyway, yeah. there was a note attached to it that said, thank you, Kevin. We couldn't have made the show without you. Nice. And if you open it up, it plays a theme song. It and started it to, but the, stopped. It's signed by the whole cast and everything, and Michael Shore and everything. I've had nothing to do with this show whatsoever. I've not. I don't know how they got my address. I don't know how they got my name. I have not worked on the show. I have not contributed to the show. But they felt like they couldn't make the show without me. 
We got to look into this. I mean, you know, presumably there's probably just a different Kevin Day, but that's interesting. You know, I wonder we have contacts. Maybe Steve Levy could like find out or something like, I don't know. That seems like something that someone like him could do. We should get to the bottom of this. We got to get Steve Levy on the show after we we get him to get to the bottom of this for us. Okay. We'll, We'll pivot the podcast to just solving this one mundane mystery. There's this podcast called Reply All. You probably don't listen to it, right? they do this thing yeah they do this thing called super tech support where they get they solve really weird problems that involve you know coordinating with multiple companies from like a journalistic enterprise as opposed to like a private customer trying to penetrate the the wall of bureaucracy kind of thing you know and so they do really interesting stuff i don't know and it's that it feels it's not quite that but that's we could do you know we could do that i'm sure it would take lots of time and money but we could do that we could we could we could every week just harass a random company under the guise of being journalists and we could do prank calls on the show we could do prank calls you know how we get these uh listeners to give us topics and stuff we could prank call them instead (laughs) we'll be you know 30 seconds or so ahead of the of them so they'll never never see it coming as long as we keep it quick i like um yeah but no okay so i i I had to take my car into the shop and okay so i get i have a new car it's it's it was newish i I don't know if it was the newest one when i got it but it was like a new kind of version of car with new technology and stuff certainly the newest car i've ever had uh the last car i had was i don't know 95 or something i don't know um not super old but whatever anyway the new one it tells you when it needs maintenance (laughs) instead of like having an oil change indicator it says like you need maintenance buddy and then it says like a a series of codes that you can look up but you know it just it wants you to just take it to the dealership and when i got it i got it as a lease which was a mistake i guess but whatever i did and so part of being a lease is they want you to get it serviced like officially or take like official records using this weird book that they can then like call you on for not initialing something if you like get an oil change for a reasonable price instead of going to their dealership um but you know so i get it serviced at the shop which is not you're the ma- the dealership which is not good whatever i i got i've lived a life where i haven't done this it's not like this is the only way I've, I've lived but uh you know i this is what i was doing for the lease and i just haven't kicked the habit which i should because i'm not on the lease anymore um but you know whatever it's fine um you know it's it's hard to buy trust in the mechanic community <laughs> like if you if there's people you're like ah you know whatever i just know they're fucking like they're char- overcharging for everything compared to what you can get anyway whatever um i took it in they had it for a long time i don't like them having my car for a long time i'd rather like bring it in multiple times for like less time to work on just like one or two things than like leave it to, for them for like a whole day or something just because i get anxious uh not having <laughs> my um oh can you guys hear that that's my doorbell it's alarming oh i got a story about my doorbell but alas um but so i I, they just had it for a long time it gives me makes me nervous and i usually what i do is i just walk around um because it costs money to get like a ride and um also especially with covid and stuff it's like i don't want to get in a ride share really if i can avoid it and you don't want to wait in the waiting room for the same reason um so i just walk around the whole time and so usually it takes three hours or so and so i just walk around for like two to three hours and sometimes we'll take a break you know or take a couple breaks 
or sit down for an hour or something, but I just kind of walk around. And this time it was gone for a long time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to walk to where I usually go hiking because I know that the route, like it's a long distance, but I know it and I walk around anyway and I have all this time. So like walked, I walked all the way to like almost my hiking spot before you get to like this uphill part. And so this is in Griffith Park. So I like walked all the way from like North Hollywood to Griffith Park, which was like eight miles or something. And then I'm like, uh, I'm, my feet are starting to hurt. I don't know if I can make it all the way up the hill and then start a hike like after like nine miles. And so then I was just walking around and then I eventually walked home and um, in total, I walked like 13 miles and I was like tired and I don't know, you know, people walk a long distance every day, but I don't usually walk that much and I'm still kind of worn out, honestly, but it was cool. It was, it was fun because I usually just drive around these areas and I walk sometimes, but I usually don't walk around the areas I was walking. So it was nice to see them like close up and not like from in my car. Do you know if that makes sense? I don't know. Yeah. I like walking, but I I just can't do it in LA because it's so hilly compared to what mm-hmm. I'm used to. You know, like yeah, you know, the Midwest is just flat nothingness. There's there's no hills here at all. You know, a, a curb is a workout. So I uh yeah, I, I never walk in LA. I don't know why. Nobody walks in LA. It's a song. But um, yeah, the area I was in was actually really flat, but I agree. I grew up in a place that was really hilly and I had to walk everywhere because I didn't have a car. And then sometimes I had a bike, but most of the time I didn't even have a bike, but it was even hard to bike because there were so many like uphills every which way you went. And uh, that was really rough. And like nearby was another town, Simi Valley, which was always really flat. And it was kind of also like on a grid that like radiated out from like the LA river in a different part of town. And so it's like, and then the LA river, just had like bike paths and stuff so like if you just wanted to go through the town you'd just kind of like walk either parallel to the bike path or you'd go down to the bike path and just walk along the bike path you could get like throughout the whole city pretty pretty reasonably but in moore park where i lived it was just uh like just a nest of of hills and nonsense and it sucked um but yeah i don't know whatever whatever man who cares about us so we should be talking let's let's get our, our guests on oh before oh, we, we get don't... the guests out the chat people okay. are going crazy for your doorbell story oh man the doorbell story okay did they hear my doorbell did the chat say if they heard the doorbell i heard it so i'm assuming they did yeah if you heard it the recording uh with a red circle light that's flashing heard it Jesus Christ, I really am drunk. Um, So the doorbell story is that what you just heard was a doorbell. And that that information may alarm you because it doesn't sound like a doorbell. (sighs) What does it sound like? It sounds like the death rattle of some sort of machine demon or something. Like it sounds like a horrible screech of a monster or like a terrible alarm being set and then immediately cut off before it could continue for too long like someone cutting an active fire alarm for instance like that's what it sounds like but it is in fact a doorbell and so when i first moved into this apartment i did not know that because you know it's not a part of the introducing the apartment or checking out the apartment as and here's the doorbell and if you stand here i'll go ring it and you can sound with it you know listen to what it sounds like like that's not like the first place where your mind goes i don't know if other people test that but i certainly didn't or didn't think about it and so i just moved in and um 
I, 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 was, I didn't even think about it because my mind couldn't place it. You know, like if your mind gets a stimulus that it just has nothing to do with, it's like, maybe I imagined that or something, you know, it's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, do I tell someone? Do I Google? Like, what do I Google? You know, I hear sounds like, you know, like when your mind, you know, interprets something, you know, you might just kind of rationalize it away and keep, keep moving. And so that's good. Like, I, I know that I've heard, I heard the doorbell multiple times before I like consciously acknowledged it, including like there was a point where like, I think Callie was like trying to get in and then later got in. But like not through my help because I didn't know a doorbell was happening. But then like at some point it happened the, the the sound happened and it just hit me in a way it never hit me before. And I was like, wait a second. That's not just like a ghost. Like this isn't this random phantom occurrence. Like this is a concrete thing that's happening for some reason, you know? And then I was like, what is that? What the fuck is that sound? What's this sound always been? Why would a sound happen? Why could I hear it? Why is it in the house? And I started looking around and I could find like, you know, the kind of uh, doorbell is essentially a box that lives in your house that's connected by a wire to the doorbell. And I found that and I was like, okay, so that's definitely where the sound comes. Is that the doorbell and then so then like and then like later i i asked callie um you know is like what's our doorbell sound like and then she you know we talked about it and i figured out that like oh what i had been hearing was like the doorbell and i just had no idea i didn't even think it was like real like i mean i knew it was real but i just had no like like i said i thought it was like is the fire alarm kind of malfunction like i just didn't know i had no idea what it was and it was just so momentary that i like couldn't investigate it right you know or i wouldn't even think to it was just like i don't know anyway so that's that's a fucking doorbell story but it is it's a traumatizing sound Especially when it's like two in the morning and your roommate forgets their keys and is like wailing on the doorbell, you know, and it's like, yeah, now I got to wake up and it's like, it's a horrifying, a horrifying sound. I, I often wake up in a lot of stress. Um, I can hear my cat throwing up when I'm asleep and it causes me to wake up. And so I just like leap awake, like, you know, out of bed and like, I'm immediately trying to look for things when my vision's not even real. Like when my vision's still kind of like half dream, kind of like blurry vision and like trying to find like a t-shirt or something to put in front of my cat. So she doesn't like just vomit straight on the carpet, but it's never enough time because you know, there's time dilation in your dreams. Like time registers differently. So by the time I'm like conscious, like she's even if I've only heard like one or two heaves, she's already like probably done by the time I'm actually moving. It's just like I can't perceive it properly or something. I don't know. It's crazy, man. It's great that this is a new thing that happens because even though I can't do anything about it, now it instantly wakes me up and fills me with dread. What a great, you know, uh, what a great time. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What? You got to talk, man. You got to at right. least say words. I, I talk so much, you know, yeah. just to even prove like sometimes okay. I'm like, he might just be muted. And it's like, no, no he's just not talking, which is fine. But it's like, you know, that's what the audience is going to think at a yeah. point, you know, I, I, I think know. I said this on, on Cali show once, but like 
one day I fell asleep watching TV or YouTube on my TV. Mm -hmm. Like I just had the YouTube uh -oh. app open and I was just, well, I was watching something and I fell asleep and I had it set to autoplay. So it just keeps randomly picking new videos for you. And I just was completely zonked out for it. And somehow it chose a video of Callie giving a speech in front of like some college students, I think. Some, a bunch of Germans, right? A bunch of angry Germans. It, it might've been, it might've been. <laughs> and like, so that sort of like entered my weird dream state of like whatever mm -hmm. I was dreaming of suddenly had Callie like giving instructions about color. Uh -oh. Don't and tell then Ariel. I had like half woken up in this like vague confusion, vague terror that Callie was in my room. So I, I sympathize with, with you, you know, sharing a house with her. You told that on the Cal on Callie show. I think so. Yes. That? Yeah. You know what Callie said on her show one time was Kevin. <laughs> remember remember when she said that well, once or twice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah do you it's, hear that uh, from where you are i hear everything that happens in this fucking house man the only thing i can't hear are the shitting sounds <laughs> i can hear like i can hear like literally every single step breath I don't know if it, I, I assume it's me. I assume it's just like I'm un, like I can't like tune down my like hearing or something like I don't know. But like I just I every single motion I just can I just know I can I can tell exactly where she is in the house and what she's doing at any time and I can't turn it off and I don't like it. I don't want to I don't this is not information I want to be perceiving. Uh mo like almost all of the all the time. It's very unwelcome. Um you know so the you information not that you're doing. In? Sometimes yeah. Uh, Does that yeah. help? Yeah, but then it's uncomfortable. So usually I wake up. I, I wake up in the middle of the night, and so if that happens, I usually take out. Um, oh, everyone drink. Um, I usually take out my ear uh, earplugs before I go back to sleep. You know. Yeah, I found I, I I don't use it anymore. But when I was having trouble sleeping for a while, I used this white noise generator that was really nice. So it just sort of vaguely sounded like TV static, vaguely like a distant ocean, mm -hmm. but it just was really good at masking sounds from the outside world. That helped a lot. Yeah white noise doesn't do it for me like it's too loud like i can't even really sleep very well if there's a fan on in the room and stuff like i don't know like i i, I yeah i don't know or i don't think i can and then i fall asleep and don't remember who knows but i feel like i'm pretty temperamental about like sleeping distractions like i can't sleep on a bus or on a plane or on a train or anything even if it's really quiet um because uh, even if I'm laying down, like I can't sleep at all sitting up like ever. But if, even if I'm laying down on something, I can't really sleep either. But I don't know. I don't know, man. What's what's the chat saying now? Huh? Did the chat watch the video? What did the chat say about the animated video? They, they liked it a lot. They, they made some positive comments. That's long off the screen now. But yeah, they, they really like goes that. lying. Kevin lying <laughs> goes lying. Kevin. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, so that's what's up in our lives. Did you say anything that was up in your life? I can't remember what your life update was. No, I, I really haven't had anything going on here. It's it's been pretty quiet. Um, we showed Ariel's new show last Sunday. Oh yeah, how'd that go? That went pretty well. So if, if you guys haven't seen it, she's sort of this like Elvira-ish horror movie host. We play a bad movie, and she just rips on it the whole time. Yeah. Um. So we showed that last Sunday. We're going to try to do maybe one or two of those a month. 
just, you know, just for when Rob doesn't have a newfound crap. So, um, that'll probably be from this point forward, you know, once or twice a month at eight 30 Pacific, um, on shrobhomevideo.com. She's calling it horror madness. I was saying there should just be like, uh, like a standing kind of slot for like a channel 101 variety show that's just on Sevon stage and it's like it's just kind of like the channel one's the one people's kind of responsibility to either do something or say like no show or rerun or whatever or give that slot to like op-ed or something i don't know but it's just kind of like you know that manic stage energy is kind of like it can be its own thing you know it's like it's fun to kind of no matter what's happening it's just weird you know i don't know that was I, just I think we I need to uh, just put Abed in charge of it, though, for that crazy energy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That might be too crazy, actually. I don't know if we want to... <laughs> no, I don't know. That that actually sounds fun. I don't know. What is your precious fucking Shrub Home Video Discord think of that idea? No, I don't know. Um, there's a, there's she... such a delay that it's a little hard to tell. Yeah, there's that's the thing. Like, I can deal with a delay... But I don't have like the the self remembrance or whatever to work with the delay. Like I can't go back to what I was saying by the time I like am seeing what they're because like usually it's pretty clear, but I just can't think of it. This is such stupid shit. Do you want to try food? Do sure, you want to try sure. eating food? Well, actually, I guess first we should talk about the Coke Starlight. You know about this Coke Starlight? I've seen the displays in stores, but I've never actually seen it, a, a bottle of it anywhere. Yeah, it's Coke Starlight. It comes in full uh, fat versions and 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 sugar free versions, and um, yeah, like the zero calories. And uh, it's it's made by Coca Cola Creations, Coke Creations, which is like a sub shingle of Coke that's that's meant to make weird shit. I don't know. I don't know if they were responsible for all those weird diet coke flavors do you remember there was like lime diet coke and like i think they had like mango coke for a while and i i think i read that they weren't responsible for coke with coffee so you know i don't know who's do why who's doing that if it's not coke creations the crazy you know think tank for coca-cola which man that could be a job i could fucking kill as at a think tank for coca-cola are you kidding me yeah so this is probably just me being weird but i just want to like do you, if you feel the same way about this sometimes i kick I, your ass oh sorry <laughs> you can no um sometimes i don't want to try these crazy new limited time flavors because i'm so worried i'm gonna like it and then be just depressed when it goes away do you have that mm-hmm. like same sense is there is there a word for that well, I don't know. Like, okay, so to me, there's not a lot of things that I do. I'm not an adventurous person. You know, I, a lot of my life is really monotonous. So, you know, promotional items at fast food places and promotional or temporary flavors of soda are like kind of just like events that pop up. And it's like, hey, this might be something, you know? And it's like, well, at least it's not the same as if I eat a junior cheeseburger from Jack in the Box. That's always going to taste the same. Like that's never going to be a different experience than what it was before. And it's always going to be relatively disappointing. And it's like, you know, this is calories and stuff. So it's like, why even eat this? Whereas like something that's relatively novel, 
is like at least this was novel right at least this was a new experience so i feel like anytime i take it it's always good there's a lot that i like but i never i mean especially the thing is there's just so rare that they're so good that i like i'm really missing them like to me when i think of stuff like that i think of mountain dew pitch black 2 which was the great flavored Halloween promotional Mountain Dew that was sour. It was it was more sour than normal. So like it probably had added citric acid or something. And it was just so fucking good. It was just like one of the best grape sodas I've ever played. It had the kick of dew, you know, the just general citrus kind of flavors and stuff. And it was just so good. And like I miss it so bad. And I knew I was just like, I'm gonna drink as many of these as possible because I know it's just probably never gonna come back and that was kind of cool you know again it's like we don't have the same cultural fabric that we used to the closest substitute we have is capitalism you know um and and it's not good that that's the case but there's less harmful explorations of you know capitalist takes on cultural rituals and things you know and so like i don't know i think like this is relatively harmless compared to a lot of other things even though it does drive you to support and associate positive feelings with these large terrible corporations you know i don't know i think it's cool i just like I, I I think you know I don't know. Well, do you have any other thoughts? Because I know we were just going to go into Coke, but someone had an email that kind of gets into this topic a little bit. So I figured maybe we could talk about that. But do you have any thoughts before I pivot or anything to say? No, you never no, that's, do. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I I just I deal with like losing really like unimportant things poorly like when i was a kid i would get so upset if somebody ate the last brownie and like a plate of brownies because there would never be any more of those ever again you know like and like to this day i still sort of have a problem if like i get this like you know i'm drinking right now this limited edition has already been canceled pepsi cream soda thing yeah and, like i've only got three of those left and i know i'm gonna let, let the last one sit there for way too long so i don't want that to be my last one and I, I know it's like it makes no sense. It's it's silly. I, I shouldn't get sentimental over sugar water, but you know, I don't I think do. it's silly. I just think, for me at least, I just I'm so closed off to the possibility of good things happening. So anything that happens, it's like, of course, it's going to go away. That's all it could possibly do. It probably didn't even exist in the first place. You know. So like, yeah. So I think like. I think for me, it's like being afraid to accept something that's good more than it's like, you know, oh, you know, if anything happens, it's like, yeah, I'll just take this and keep moving before anything can happen to me, <laughs> you know, as opposed to like, ah, uh, like, I hope I, this doesn't, you know, get taken from me. It's like, yeah, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> like, I'm clawing the soda from the universe. <laughs> um, and that's my reward but anyway um so i wanted to i don't know what the connection was anyway but this person abraham paz pause uh, emailed us about allyship and says i find the concept of allyship troublesome because it entails that women are taking care of something ca that concerns both men and women and saying that we are their allies meaning we are expecting them to do all the work not saying you're on a bad track, but I think it's important for us men to work on our personal development without taking advantage of women's work organizations. I don't know. Like, I think there's different reads to read this. And also they go on to talk about Mexican food, which looks really good. They talk about a ski test and, uh, which I call the Lotus in the, I know what it is and I knew it then. And I just misspeak a lot. You know, you probably, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I misspeak all the time. Um, anyway, <laughs> 
but you know this person's thing could be saying is like i don't know about like allyship it seems like we're doing all the work or women are doing all the work i don't know but uh i just like i think they're they're probably coming from a good place which is like the the label ally kind of denotes a lesser status status in the fight like um oh you know we're only helping you do the job you're going to liberate and we're just gonna kind of cheer you along because we're the allies you know um which i think it can be a thing but i think it's too like I, I don't know i think it just goes too uh deep into like individual perceptions of what word and words and concepts mean right like if someone's version of allyship means that then it is negative but i don't think that's necessarily like a widespread version or that kind of thinking permeates who knows like i could see that being negative but the thing is like with the uh, women's work or organizations i don't know i do think there's this thing the reason it brought me i brought it up is because it ties into what i was talking about like the the, the cultural void that exists um you know with capitalism um but it, it kind of ties into like like feminism is really important and has been really important for women and um it's important for men to you know be feminist and to fight for feminist causes and stuff but like feminism kind of created new gender space for men to exist and 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 masculinity or like what it means to be male has been through similar redefinitions but it hasn't had this strong uh like 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 force uh propelling it the way feminism has there's not like this new masculinism or something you know there's not like like a, a like a, a cohesive uh effort to direct this energy of you know traditionally a lot of what we associate with masculinity is toxic um and like how can we affirm what's actually good and positive about what we code as masculine or you know or is that even the problem you know like because that's what the that's what feminism did but maybe we're in a space where we move away from gender altogether like you know some people are are like gender is fake some people are like i'm not any gender some people are like i'm this gender and it's really important you validate that you you know and so like i don't know what the right answer is my my preference at the moment would just be like what if we just stop putting baggage on gender and it's just like it doesn't matter and none of the connections are there and then maybe it's just like yeah i have a penis or whatever but we're all just humans and then we're all like either straight or whatever and then we declare what we declare but it's like you know none of that has that baggage so like makeup and you know all this gendered stuff it's just you know it's it's all up in the game and then there's not gender you know it's not the same it's just things are things i don't know you know maybe we could someday reach that who knows but maybe that's not i don't know if that's what everyone wants i don't know if that's the best best solution but you know I think that because there's not this cohesive force trying to redefine or kind of build out this positive space for, for masculine like identity, I, I think that that's a void that uh, negative fascism and stuff can prey on. It's like a weakness that is in our culture because we're still redefining what masculinity and maleness is, mostly by saying these things that were masculine are bad, you know, and we're not saying like, and, and most of the new things that we can do are not masculine. So it's like most of the positive things we can do are, are move away from masculinity, which is not a problem, but at the same time, it would be good if instead of just adopting all kind of feminized positive traits, if we could, you know, redefine new space that we could declare as healthy masculinity. Again, if we want to keep this paradigm at all and not move off of gender, who knows? But, you know, part of that is cultural. Um, cultures throughout history have always, um, 
you know, had rites of passage for adulthood, especially for males, because, you know, male puberty, male hormones, testosterone and stuff, I think just societally can be a very destructive thing, if not properly reined in. I mean, this is all pseudoscientific theory, but that's my kind of like, when I look at history, that's kind of the, the, the idea I get. All these cultures came up with this. It must be serving a valuable purpose, right? And and part of that purpose is to instill in men how dangerous uh, they can be when uncontrolled and how important it is to kind of keep that from hurting stuff or, you know, tune towards the military so we can focus it outwards and not into our own country. You know, it's like we can focus that out outrage, like not harmlessly, but not internally. We focus it externally. I just heard, which is a horrible revelation, but abuse can help make you feel better. So like abusers, they abuse because it helps them feel better. I guess I just didn't know that I, I always felt like it hurts you too. And I think it does, but the idea that it has any sort of like short-term palliative sociological kind of like psychological effect, effects like that's a really bad design like god bad bad idea god don't do that like that whoever did that was that's stupid you shouldn't abuse should make you feel better like why that's bad um but anyway do you think that's learned or you know instinctual it, like did, you know did, did they learn that you can kind of make yourself feel a little bit better learned. by abusing because they've experienced that themselves it's got to be learned. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see it going both ways. I'd love to believe it's learned. I don't know. I truly don't know. But I mean, all I'm saying is that, like, I think that rites of passage and stuff were made by culture for various reasons, and religion's the same way. Religion serves a cultural purpose. It's maybe not, you know, the best tool for the job and maybe the intent wasn't as true as it should have been but you know again these things serve these purposes that we shouldn't uphold them and say they're above scrutiny but that doesn't mean we should entirely say that oh anything from the past all of it can't be any good you know we should reject everything that's not necessarily a valid you know perspective either so i just think that you know in in the absence of all these things they've kind of we've receded from them from religion and these cultural like rights at least america you know other cultures have cultural rights um you know but as we've receded to them i think the vacuum is just like it's essentially a power vacuum a cultural power vacuum that that fascism can kind of come and occupy you know and i think it's good for for culture to exist as this kind of safeguard to kind of reaffirm what value what value you know is valuable and what matters because culture can do a lot what law can't you know like so much of what trump taught us is that you know the norms are what control society so we could strengthen the norms you know obviously we should strengthen our constitutional protections and stuff like that and make it so fascists can't take over but at the same time you know the norms weren't necessarily strong they were just accepted but we could make them more culturally powerful other norms are culturally powerful in other countries you know and we have culturally powerful norms too they're just not as intentional as they could be and so i don't know i just think but all of this is to say <laughs> i think there could be a lot of culture that uplifts positive masculinity that could be very beneficial to society. That's something that kind of societally we're leaving on the table by not focusing on. And it's not against feminism and it's not something that replaces feminism. And ideally it's something that can coexist and, and you know, go with feminism. But like the person says, it's not just like any one person doing all the work. It's like feminists shouldn't do the work of redefining what man, men are. That's like, should be like a journey that, you know, we do without 
expending their resources while we're still supporting their fight right um and it's just a i don't know my my pitch is my pitch is bruce lee day which is bruce lee seems like one of the most positive pure kind of masculine figures um to me um you know it's like this kind of positive form of 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 um restricted restrained violence right it's a violence that's only undertaken as a last resort almost always only protect another person not usually just yourself you know and just like his whole and he just has this philosophy he has like a cult of personality you know and and so much of it is just like to me and i you know people can correct me and there's always new understandings of everything and obviously new details come to light but you know like there's, there's a lot of positive masculinity there that i think could be celebrated in healthy ways and if we we focus on why it's healthy and what makes it healthy and what makes it different from non-healthy forms of masculinity i think that could be a really powerful cool cultural force and and again i just think cultural things like that i obviously you can't just manufacture it but at the same time we did manu we've manufactured so many holidays <laughs> You know, all holidays are manufactured. They don't come printed on the globe. You know, it's not like we get free calendars that have the holidays written in them. You know, like like we could do this if we found it valuable. And I think it is valuable. It's it's again, it's 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 power that's not being leveraged and that is being leveraged by our enemies. Anyway, what do you think about that, Kevin? I, I think that's 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 very insightful. And yeah, I, I felt the same way that you know. It's not, it feels politically incorrect almost to be male sometimes, you know, and I, I, that's not a dig against any group or anything like that. It's just a case of well, like, it's because a lot of what's been lifted up uh, as, as masculinity has been toxic. And the reason it's lifted up is to uphold oppression. Right. So right. it's like intentionally being defined in a toxic way. So when we target these things as toxic, a lot of people are like, but isn't that what masculinity is? And the answer is yes. But then what's the alternative? You can, you can either be a guilty masculine or you can kind of retreat into like androgyny or something, but I don't, yeah, I don't. And again, I'm not trying to complain. It's not like, oh, men's rights or anything like I don't because because I I really think, again, this is this is at at like it's at the same purposes of feminism. You know, it's all in the same direction and the, the hoping of of kind of creating new healthiness. And and so like, I don't know. And so it's not. But I agree that it's like something you kind of got to talk about delicately. But I don't know. It's just uh, the person, the, the uh, Abby's Abby uh, or Abraham, um, their email uh, made me think of that. And so I just I don't know. I guess I wanted to pocket rant about it. I guess I don't know. That was a good pocket rant. Yeah, you know, this is the thing like there's so many rich, powerful people. There's so many people that get hired to say smart things, you know, and I'm not researching the things that those people are researching, but I'm saying a ton of smart things for like super free. And if the right people heard the things and thought about the things in the ways that I think about them in ways that they haven't thought about them before, I'm not saying like I'm some powerful entity, but I really think <laughs> You know, similarly, there's, there's a lot of good being left on the table by people not listening to me. <laughs> like, I think, like, if powerful people, like, were like, wow, you know, I don't know. Like, for instance, if I could mind control Elon Musk, like, he'd be one of the most liked people on the planet. He'd be way richer than he would be. And the world would be so much better just because, like, I would be a better Elon Musk than he would be. You know, it's like, that's the thing. I just, like, I feel so much... I don't know, and this is all hubris, of course, but I definitely feel like I'd be so much better at being like other people than they would. 
So like if, if you had if you had five minutes alone with Elon Musk to convince him to change something, what what would you say to him? Well, I couldn't. The thing is, like, okay, so so I couldn't change his mind. He's like a famously stubborn, like arrogant person, right? So is that five minutes gonna like if I assume he might take the message to heart, right? Like, I think that I would say you will get so much money by spending the money you're spending on the dumbest shit on like valuable stuff and then talking about it not spending money on promotion but like talking about it like you know he promised to fix the fucking pipes in michigan do you know how much more money he'd have if he just did that like it'd be crazy like uh, you know you like because he'd literally be he, he he's positioned to be a like literal real life bruce wayne you know this millionaire philanthropist who moves markets and stuff like that's power that can be leverage for so much good you know if i was elon Musk, like and then so that i'd tell him to do stuff like that i would specifically say <laughs> you got to <laughs> you have to make a series of blimps airships balloons zeppelins etc that have giant air filters that scrub greenhouse gases and be all like i'm elon musk i have a global fleet of airships that's cleaning the global greenhouses gas from the world it's going to stop the world from ending you know it's gonna cost me half my wealth three quarters of my wealth but hey i'm selling all my shit i'm buying this really nice apartment don't worry about it there's tons of guards but you know this is my famous apartment that i'm living in because i'm saving the world you know you make all that money back i don't like i don't know like i just like i don't see like i don't know like so that's that's what you know i just <laughs> people should be trying so much harder but being rich and powerful buys you the ability to not give a shit about anything and it just like everything goes to waste the best that you can do is like hope that good people steal from you like or something you know like like it's like you hope those resources might go somewhere that matters instead of the person's ego or something i don't know sorry i cut you off and the, no, and the listeners I mean, hate that <laughs> do you think that Bill Gates is doing kind of what you're talking about there. I mean, he spent a considerable percentage of his money on, you know, defeating malaria and all kinds of other infectious diseases in Africa and increasing health. And, you know, like his, his foundation, I think now is worth more than he is that just spends money on charitable causes. Do you think he's doing the right thing or is it still not enough? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think he would probably do more, but yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure he sleeps like a fucking baby, right? Imagine like how good you'd have to feel if it's like, that's what I'm doing with my life. That's what I have the luxury to do with my life. And it's not destroying my life like that. It's like, I can't like, that seems like literally the best feeling in the world. It sounds, it feels like is as close to infinitely renewable as possible. You know, anytime you have any feeling, it's like, well, I'm Bill Gates, you know, I did I saved the world, you know, I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, and you don't have to say that, but like just being able to be like, I did a good thing. Like, I don't know, like the, I don't know, whatever. It's just, I'm also just so far removed from all that stuff. It's like, honestly, any like decent, esteemable act for me, like just gets me going for like days. Like I made that fucking animated video and stuff. And it's just like, I feel so good about it. We should post the YouTube link. If you guys want to see the, the link to it or, or maybe some of my, um, spies that i have in the shrop home video discord uh could could post the link instead who knows but yeah 
but it's it's a but just posting it like or just making it made me feel so good but it's just like i don't know i also think in society it drives us away from esteemable acts and stuff that we can feel proud of and like build kind of a sense of self-worth on um especially the digital world kind of just not intentionally but it happens to not affect the brain the same way like physical things do, do in terms of like forming esteem and stuff like that is my understanding so like it's uh yeah but if you're a rich business person you must be like it's constant like it's there's very concrete things you can base your worth and esteem on you know obviously basing things on businesses those fortunes can come and go is i don't know whatever <sighs> whatever I, i'm rambling you got any final thoughts no no um everyone's still waiting for you to to try the drink though yeah i know we should try the drink but first we gotta take a short break hello my name is plato i'm a blob of plato that came to life and that was such a crazy thing that i just became a philosopher i invented something that you might know as the cave and it spawned a lot of complex thought and it's touched the hearts and minds of many and now you can own a piece of this legendary thought space by buying one of Plato's legendary The Cave experiences. Every experience is a package deal combining several incentives. It's an NFT. It's a collection of clay Play-Doh that you can use to make your own cave. And it's also a reminder of the uncertain nature of the material world and the inherent mysteries of the human psyche. Use the Como code, Como code. Use the Como, 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 Como. And we're back. I don't like, sometimes you ever like sit on, sometimes you can sit on the remote and like change the audio track to like a different language or something. <laughs> I don't know if something like that happened or like some sort of weird, you know, technical glitch, but you know, whatever anyway coke starlight huh yeah. let's talk about coke starlight it took me way too long i don't know just like this i think it's more just my specific geolocation with the surrounding uh 7-elevens and the stores and their inventories or something but i just never get the soda as much like as fast as anyone else you know i'm a late soda getter for these new flavors it's always harder for me to find them in stores but i finally got my hand on, hands on some coke starlight you haven't tried it right I have not. And you no. don't have it, right? And, no, I tried. Uh, but we got to get you some. We got to get you some. Um, it's you know, it's whatever. Um, I've had a couple, but let's just give it a try. I've found that if you drink it fast or if you drink it slow, it kind of tastes different. Like I don't know, maybe I think it like if you drink it fast, it like, hits a different part of your tongue or something. Let me see. So I drink it fast, and it tastes like if you drink Coke vanilla flat fast, vanilla Coke fast, where the kind of you get most of the body of the coke and um but then the vanilla you don't get the full hit of the vanilla because it's more of an aromatic so it just kind of hits you with this sweet kind of fruity kind of note that kind of hits the sides of your tongue and then it just tingles away and then you're like what kind of flavor was that it just kind of tastes like messed up coke a little bit that's the thing about vanilla coke is you kind of got to sip it slow otherwise it, it just tastes like weird coke more than it tastes like vanilla anything but if you drink it fast it's kind of like that um 
but let me drink it slow and uh what what are you, what are you doing over there what what do you got what, what's up kevin what's on your desk describe some things on your desk uh, see i always feel bad because like i can tell that you're looking at me going you're not paying attention to what i'm saying no no it's, no it's, it's because part of what i'm doing uh, during this show is like one of my jobs for this show is to come up with a list of potential titles so whenever spencer says something that's potentially like quotable I have to go write it down real quick. And then I realize I've like lost the last three sentences you've said, and I have to like mentally catch up. And then I have right. this confused look on my face. Well, part of the thing is just if I drink the thing, it's like, am I just going to drink in silence? And so it's like, so I just want to try and set you up. That was what I was doing just there. Okay. Okay. It wasn't no. one of my many, um, like blood eyed rages, rage faces that I give you anytime you do anything I deem inappropriate during the show. It wasn't, well, it wasn't one of my famous, uh, one of yeah. those. No, th those are deserved, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm always busy. Like, you know, for the people at home, we usually come up with anywhere from like 10 to 30 possible titles for the show. Yeah. And, you know, we, this carried over from Harmontown even where we would do like, you know, backstage, all of us would be like, we had like this, uh, Slack channel and we all would be like typing in uh potential show titles and then dan would usually pick one at some point at the end of the show and we sort of carried that over to here yeah yeah you know it works because sometimes you say a funny thing and it's like man that's a funny thing what am i going to do with it and you know there's a few answers one is to make it the title of the episode and the other is like to clip it and put it at like the beginning or the end of the episode kind of like king of the hill does or something you know we should do that that could be good. Then it's just another more work for Kevin. How did Kevin volunteer himself for more work? That's not his style. Kevin, the lazy liar. That's that's the kind of Im image I'm trying to build of you. Anyway, this this style. I, tr I tried some of it. I will mention it says it's limited edition, so I think it's only around for a limited time. I think it'll go away at some point. So you know, if you don't get attached, Kevin. But it also says space flavored, which stupid, right? Dumb. You know. I mean, it almost feels like it was meant to be like a movie tie-in that just didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I could totally buy that. I wonder if that happened. I guess Coke's maybe too big to do like a classic. That seems more like a Dr. Pepper or a Pepsi kind of thing. But anyway, um, so like I said, off Coke, I, I, I got to drink it slow. But one thing I will mention that no one else but me said, and then when I said someone in my Discord, the Discord of good people, um, said that, oh, my God, like I felt the same way, but everyone thought I was crazy. But there's this flavor that makes a little sense when you consider it says space flavored. And it's like a menthol mint kind of cooling kind of uh, flavor. You know, like mint has this kind of cooling kind of numbing effect on your mouth, that kind of thing, you know, this cold. Uh, yeah, I just keep saying cooling. Um, and, and this soda has that effect. It's very mild, but it leaves you with this cold kind of almost metallic even, but not metallic. But it's meant again, menthol kind of uh, sensation that's tingly that I think is, again, supposed to kind of be space like but um it's yeah but i like it you know a lot of people that i've talked to or heard from don't really like it but i like it what, what do you do you think you'll like it it definitely sounds like something i would enjoy the color seems just a little off but it's it's much more red it's more of a raspberry kind of tint to it it looks a bit more normal to me than it does on camera but it definitely okay. yeah, has this kind of raspberry tint to it 
Um, but so to me, flavor wise, it has, I don't know. I don't know if other people conceptualize flavors like this. I'm sure they do. Right. With kind of like low notes and mid notes and high notes. That's normal. Yeah, of course it is. I'm being stupid. Um, so, but I, I think of, I, I, I taste at least sodas that way. I'm not good at tasting like, you know, beer or wine or anything, but it has kind of mid notes, the Coke notes, you know, what you'd normally think of as a Coke flavor, this kind of caramel, like this caramely cola e flavor with the spice, you know, I, I think there's usually like cinnamon is kind of like a, a note you get in Coke, whatever, all, all of these kind of molasses -y kind of, yeah, brown flavors. Um, and then that, as opposed to a normal Coke, it has some more kind of vanilla notes, so stronger vanilla hints. And then it has really strong, what people have described as graham cracker vibes, like graham, graham cracker notes, which kind of, again, they hang under the Coke and kind of, they, they make the Coke less clear. They kind of muddy the Coke flavor, like all kind of Coke variations do. But the tone is like, it's almost kind of cream soda-esque, and it has wheat and honey notes, like wheat. That's where the, the graham cracker kind of flavor comes from. It, it does taste kind of like weedy graham crackery, for sure, in this kind of mid-coke note. And then the high note is um, is like a bunch of fruitiness, um, like it's it i think it's probably raspberry but there's i'm pretty sure there's also cherry and maybe even strawberry too it's just like fruity high 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 end notes so it becomes again kind of like a cherry vanilla coke if you will but again with graham crackers and then on, in the low notes it also has again more of this kind of creamy sugar kind of vanilla nutty or uh or like even like um a toasted marshmallow i don't I, that might just be like part of the under flavor like under notes of the the graham cracker but you get you get kind of this like this kind of more kind of yeah i don't know if it's supposed to be uh if it's just the you know because graham cracker it has this s'more kind of association to the palate so it's maybe just kind of that association i don't know I, I would pay so much money to watch you go into a restaurant and order just a plain old coke and then launch into a description of like that with the waiter yeah you know going into the 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 weedy toasted marshmallow graham cracker notes that you were getting off of their just plain old dirty fountain coke <laughs> but a normal coke doesn't have those flavors but i could describe it for sure yeah um you know i do i do a podcast or no i don't do a podcast i do do a podcast but i i have a patreon where sometimes i post food review videos and i've talked through some of the sodas like i've gotten um jack-in-the-box coke which comes through a, a dirty coke freestyle machine and it tastes fucked up and i've like taken a drink and talked through like all the notes like that and it and for that you know coke, the coke tastes fucked up so like I, I said it tastes like if you described soda to someone and then told them to go make it is like kind of what the the jack the jack-in-the-box coke tastes like so which is you know not quite as note based but um it's but i did also talk about some of the notes it, it mostly tasted like dr pepper for some reason but uh, it wasn't dr pepper um but yeah so i think that could be fun that would you know i don't know I'm envious. I don't have as sensitive of a palate that you do, I think. I think I would have liked to have been a food critic. I guess there's still time. But yeah, yeah. I like I like thinking and talking about food. I can't always taste flavor or describe stuff that well. But I think with soda, I can just because like I've dealt with a lot of different soda at this point. You know, I guess that's a big part of what we do, right? Um, is just describe soda in some way or another. 
It is, but you, you have a unique talent for it where I'm just trying to like, yeah, it's too sweet or, you know, it's not carbonated enough or that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard to break it down into like the actual, because I think it takes a lot of thought, like to, to, to break down what you're sensing and try and like put it into boxes that other people have already labeled. Like if I describe something as green or grassy, people will often say like, oh, that's not like a real flavor or especially green. I think people know grassy is a flavor, but if you say something tastes green, like some people will go, that's not a flavor, but green technically is like a flavor. It's not like, oh, green things taste the same, but like, like, like flavor and stuff they have chemic mixes for what they call green notes that kind of makes something taste leafy vibrant grassy kind of maybe a little bit sharp and, and and tangy to a little bit but not sweet you know and so like like all these things have all like there's all this language but it's it's like hidden language and it's hard to like conceptualize and, and master and i haven't but you know sometimes i can be like oh no i definitely know what this flavor note is it's like cola but it's not coca-cola it's like the weird cola you get in a root beer candy or something you know what's your favorite cola like if you if uh, you could ha pick anyone yeah i guess just coke like uh like a uh, mexican recipe coke like glass bottle coke yeah probably that um i'm, I'm the yeah. weird one i like rc cola i don't know why i know that's so unpopular i'm probably the only person on the planet saying that but I, I just, I feel like it has a better, it's not fighting the sweetness that I think Coke and Pepsi do a little bit, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. like, it's standing on its own, not trying to like win a taste test. Mm -hmm. The thing I like about Coke is that it has a sharpness that almost no other soda at all has. Like, I don't even know how you describe it. Like people have said, oh, Coke is spicy. And I think that's what they're talking about. It does have this sharp bite to it. You know, it's part in the car carbonation. It's part in, I believe there's phosphoric acid in, in Coke that kind of gives it, it's not citrusy kind of bite kind of tanginess, but it has this kind of tanginess. People have said that if you like put um, like lime and some sort of like herb together it kind of creates a coca-cola like flavor so it's like there's definitely like acid kind of in the flavor of coke but yeah everything else you know like like pepsi and rc cola they're a bit sir more syrupy and sugar forward you know but they more crucially just have so much less of that edge like i think they probably just use less of that acid maybe i don't know and it's like hypothetically you could have like a, a homebrew like artisanal cola that's sharp like that but I've never seen anything like any soda at all that's ever had a sharpness like that. Not birch beer. Birch beer has its own edge, I guess, but it's kind of a different kind of like more of a root beer kind of herbaceous kind of edge, maybe. Um, anyway, it's so fun to talk about food. I wish like I got to like pitch ideas to like Food Network or something because I really love talking about food. It would be so cool to get paid to do food stuff, you know? I, I can see but, if we could find like if we can get Pepsi to sponsor us or something and just keep sending us things. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we could do well, you know, if uh, we could do we could do a, a food show for the for the Shrub Home Video Block. You know, we're like I'm here at the Burritos Tacos trying the new taco burrito. It's uh, three flour tortillas uh, wrapped around five. Uh, uh, tacos El Carbone. I don't know, you know, uh, whatever. You know, it could be a show. Uh, we eat the chicken. 
and you'd be here somehow despite having to be in illinois you know you'd uh you'd uh, astrally project i assume but you'd be here in ghost form and we'd be talking it would be good i think a lot of people would pay money for that i don't know how to make that happen but you know uh we gotta oh here's what we do okay so we clip this up and we'll send it to um warren michaels you know okay that's our show everybody what do we got what do we got next <laughs> what's what's up next um up next is the best of channel 101 on trobhomevideo.com followed by real life sci-fi and brian weissall's bunsiverse and then a repeat of one of the best found traps that rob Schraub has made wow all really on trobhomevideo.com every sunday I'm, I'm sorry for cutting kevin off so much i'm sorry I'm sorry that our podcast is, I'm sorry about what it's become. I mean, I like it, but it's like, if someone's like, yeah, just Jeff and Spencer, they played D and D. It's like, no, it's not. It's what, you know, we've shifted a lot in premise. We've shifted I'll, I'll a lot that. and it's a bummer, it, it, but it's not like, I don't want to shift back either. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't feel good. There's no way I can feel good in life. Yeah. So, Maybe just accept it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a lesson. Yeah, somebody on, on Reddit made a post, which they since deleted, but it said that our podcast was Harmontown, except we replaced Dan with the least charismatic crew member available. Sure. And then Jeff left. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't argue with that. Sure, yeah. I mean, if that's what you want, yeah, as charisma... I don't think I don't know, but people have called me charismatic, but I don't I've never really bought it. But like, I don't know. I like me, you know, I like my energy. I get I, I wouldn't call it charismatic for sure. But like, no, I think they were talking know. about me being the least charismatic person available to replace Dan. Interesting. Yeah, you're charismatic. You're likable. People just instantly like you, don't you? Don't they? Do you get hassled by homeless people? You know, some people get hassled by homeless people. I feel like those people are inherently like maybe less likable. I don't get harassed. I'm just very popular out in public for no obvious reason. That seems likable. Yeah. <sighs> the mystery of Kevin deepens yet again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I'm not more charismatic. You fucking, I just... Why did I do any of it? I just did it so I could like get late. Never happened. Like it's just uh bye everybody.